from the Dallas Southern Studios in beautiful Dallas, Texas. This is Next Issue on www.dallasonair.com. And now, here's your hosts, Clay Harrison and Kyle Gondas. Hey, what's up, folks? Hey, now. Sunday morning. Hope you guys are awake and waking up to actually see us. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are streaming for the first time on Twitch. Hello, Twitch streamers. Hopefully we pick up a few new viewers. Yeah. We will be streaming live every Sunday, every other Sunday morning. <laughs> every once. Uh, I don't think I can get up every Sunday morning like this. Uh, welcome. This is I barely can. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. We are a bi-weekly comic book podcast out of Dallas. Uh, we're part of the Dallas On Air Live family. We are also co-host on Just a Sec, and we will be streaming that after this show. Uh, we're two friends that talk about our uh, lifelong love of comics, so welcome. What else is there about life? I mean, comics and coffee. Yeah, I guess I can go with that. Uh, but, but for you, I think it's comics, coffee, and beer. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Clay, um, how do we start off? Uh, what have you been reading this week? Uh, I'm excited. I've been reading some independent books. Oh. I, you know, I'm a Marvel. Oh. I'm a big Marvel zombie, um, and I've picked up this book uh, that I'm only halfway through, and I love. It's called Fetch. Um, how a bad dog brought me home. Um, it is an indie book that looks very indie, feels very indie, but I love it more than a lot of the indie books that are just kind of sad and depressing. I'm halfway through. It's about uh, a girl and her dog. What what else do you need? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just I love the artwork. I love the story. I have a dog that's like that. That's just bad. That has special rules. Um, if anyone's been to my house, they know I have a pit bull mix named uh-huh. Luna who is special uh we <laughs> she likes to jump and lick and uh last week she killed a cat a cat jumped in our backyard and Shel- <laughs> shelby was uh unfortunate enough to discover this uh it was in our watermelon patch where we're grow- <laughs> growing stuff and uh luna and digby just both went insane digby did this also oh, oh okay yeah <laughs> Um, I'm also reading, I just finished the first volume of Paper Girls. Um, what do you think? I, I like it. I don't, I can't say I don't love it. It's just a lot happens in the first arc in the first volume to kind of set everything up. So it seems to not really get there till volume two. Um, with so much love for it, I'm going to pick up volume two just based on, um, uh, audience, uh, people, people I trust, people who... Tell me it's worth sticking with. I probably pick up the second volume. What are you reading? Um, a couple different things. Uh, I like. I think I told you I have always gone back and forth between being a Marvel and DC fanboy, but more recently I've really kind of gone back to my DC love. Yeah. Uh, started reading uh the original Birds of Prey last night, and I actually got to say it's actually. I mean, it's it's before. Anybody who's ever read Birds of Prey know that one of the top, I think, writers for the series was Devin Gray, or is Devin Gray, and I think she still writes it. Is she? I, I, I knew she did that book for a while and then just kind of disappeared. Well, I, I know she kept on it a little bit into the New 52, but she may not be on it anymore. But still, this is before that, but still, it's a great series. It's, you know, it's Oracle, when she's really kind of starting out as Oracle with Black Canary. And, you know, one thing I didn't realize is Black Canary did not know Oracle was Barbara Gordon for the longest time. She kept that identity separate from her. So, as uh, Black Canary would say, it's like she's my best friend, but I don't know who the hell she is. So, and then there was the other fun part I think I told you was there was a small budding 
romance interest between Ted Cord and Barbara Gordon. So anybody, the Blue Beetle and Oracle. <laughs> we have a love for Blue Beetle, the Ted Cord uh, Blue Beetle mm-hmm. that knows no bounds. We're probably the only people who are really shooting for him to show up on Arrow. Oh, that would be so awesome. Or, I, or even a... And I know they they kept talking about doing a booster series, but give me a booster gold and blue beetle, or just a plain blue, blue beetle series. I would yeah. love that. I think it could fit so well into the flowerverse. Yeah, I mean, if to me, team up shows like that are always like Psych and mm-hmm. Scrubs, uh, just just great fun. If we ha- if you have the the best writers on it, you get comedy, you get drama, exactly. you get action. I, I would really love to, uh, to see that. I, I I do have one other thing I want to bring up, and and yeah. I, and I sent some. Images to uh, Zach to post for this. I'm reading the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Jerry Duggan's reading uh, or writing it, and uh, it, the art has not been the most stable in it. And but it's it's very close to the guy who starts the book, Aaron uh, Cooter, I believe is his name, Cooter Cutter. Um, anyhow, uh, I'm seeing some some incredible covers. Like, this guy's really doing covers I've, like we haven't seen in a long time. I've always seen that. There are times I'll be looking at comics, whether it's at half price or normal comic shops, and this one issue has, like, the most gorgeous cover. Then you open it up, and it's like, what happened? Yeah. I mean, sometimes they just don't hire enough for the actual book artist, and that's what, you know, it, it, I think that kind of takes away, because, I like, if I'm picking a book, I mean, okay, and this we always go back to this, but I got to go right here, it's Starman, mm. with the Tony Harris art. The covers were just as gorgeous as the art inside. That didn't take anything. I mean, granted, he he left after like issue forty four, forty five, and it was another artist which I still liked. Yeah, but but at least you know what you were getting. Oh, and those omnibus covers that wrapped around. Those are gorgeous too. Just the but that, book, but, the but book the, is magic. But a lot of these books, you knew what you were getting. Even another uh, series I've been rereading is the uh, Grant Morrison Justice League. Oh, you know, with, with those so covers, good. you got the art that was on the cover. It wasn't yeah. changed. And that's what I, I I hate when they do that. Like they're going to be oh special cover by, but the art inside is going to be kind of. Eh. I, I have one. I have two exceptions. Um, I will always buy Scotty Young covers. I love his art. That's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Right, yeah. right. But when you, I guess, when you look for certain artists, uh, yeah. like you know, you want to see the art inside. I know too that I'm never going to get. I'm not going to get a J. Scott Campbell interior. I know uh, very rarely I'm going to get. Um, I just lost his name. <laughs> Scotty Young. Scotty Young's doing uh, what's his book? I hate Fairyland. That's a regular read for my girlfriend. I actually picked up I hate Fairyland on free comic book day, and it's like, oh my god, this is amazing! Yeah. Just because get, getting to see uh, him take on everything from image that was pretty. That was pretty brilliant. That that's what's so fun about his books, man. Like you know, he he just has this knack for just uh, throwing stuff on the page, looking amazing. Um, anything else you're reading? Yeah, actually, one of the one I found this week, and I did not know it was out there. Um, growing up, I've always been a huge Transformers nut, and I found out that IDW had released from 2012 to 2014 called uh, Transformers Generation. Oh, sorry, sorry, Transformers Regeneration One, yeah. which basically was them adding a. a it's it set 21 years from the end of the last issue, but it's basically 20 extra issues to the Marvel run of Transformers. And it and it's the I can't remember the guy's name, the artist, but it was he did the, like the last ten issues of the run. Awesome art, awesome storytelling. But it was just one of these like anybody who grew up reading the Marvels continuity of Transformers. This takes it with twenty extra issues, and it's just really some trippy kind of stuff. How much are we talking? Uh, uh, well, I see. So it, there's there are four books total. Okay. Yeah. So like I said, twenty issues. I think it's like you know it's probably like five issues per book. So and each book's like fourteen ninety nine. So it worth I, it. I. I 
I picked up issue, uh, volume two because I didn't have volume one, but I'm reading it and I'm like, this is awesome. It's, it's the same stuff I read as a kid. Is it something you'd buy digitally or do you like the collected version? Me? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, not digitally. I would, I would buy the physical format of it. You yeah, like that? Maybe eventually down the road, I'll eventually become that person that reads it on my iPad or something, but I still like having that physical. I mean, I, eventually I'll probably get rid of all my single issues, but I like having that physical format of the uh, trade paperbacks. Yeah. And that was something I struggled with this past week was I, I there was a uh, trade paperback I was still missing from my Starman collection, but I saw I, they have the new trade paperbacks Ooh. of the omnibuses that and I was going, no. There's something I like about holding that smaller version. I mean, the, 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 the omnibuses are gorgeous, and I love yeah. them, but there's something about having that smaller collected issues where it's just a, a select few and you go, here, try this. It's not so much to have to go through if you want somebody to give a Starman or something like or Free guest Starman, just something smaller. Say, hey, yeah. if you're not sure about this, check this out. If you like it, I can let you borrow something else. I, I think Starman's the book that we relate on because I own single issues. I own, Same here. I, I own trades. I own the omnibuses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I own had everything. When it that. came out back in '99, I bought the uh, wristwatch for it. I have the uh, the, the <laughs> Starman statue that they. Made. That's the one thing I wish I'd picked up but never did. Yeah, and I, uh, the one thing that broke on it was the uh, his cosmic rod. Oh. That's not as dirty as it's. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, we have a kid in the audience, so let's uh, keep it. Hey, clean. you went there. I know. <laughs> um, what What else are you reading? Um, that's kind of it right now. That, yeah. Those are the two books. Um, I'm, I'll have more, but next week. Uh, but like I said, I'm more back into reading a lot of the old DC stuff right now. Kind of reading, you know, rereading stuff I'd already loved and stuff I had never read. Like I said, I'd never touched the. Birds of Prey, but I'm also going back and rereading some of the uh, JSA stuff that I hadn't touched yet. Are you reading Metal? Mm -mm. Okay. Oh, no, no. I did skim through the first issue, and I'm still not totally sure about it. All I know is I caught a reference. This is supposed to be like the Rebirth universe, and yet in one of the in the panels, you have, um, I think The Flash mentioned to Aquaman, you know, you're going to end up having to give me your hook hand. And I'm like going, wait, what? <laughs> you never had the hook hand in the new Rebirth or even in the new 52 universe. This is like, so it's some, I'm not sure exactly where we are in that whole continuity. Continuity. Sorry. <laughs> the biggest problem in comics is continuity. Yes. Uh, okay, so one of the things that came out this week in the news was there is a story about a standalone Joker movie with Todd Phillips directing, Scorsese producing, um, and there's just huge talk for Leonardo DiCaprio to play uh, Mr. J. But I could see that. In the same ways, he can, he can do the same facial features that Jack Nicholson can do. Like, I, you know, almost think like he was Jack Nicholson's son in some form or fashion, or at least, you know, related, because he's got, he's got those same features I think he could pull off that Nicholson did in the Burton's film. Okay, then let me ask you this. Uh, is it important to have a look to be the Joker? I think so to an extent. Because okay. I'll be straight up honest, I don't think he was horrible, but if you're going to ask me where I rate where I rate the Jokers, Leto's Jokers at the bottom of the list. So if you take Jack Nicholson, if you take even go back to Cesar Romero, could you even just put a guy in makeup if he's if he's a good enough actor? And that's the thing I always come back to. You talk about Romero, and he's the only person I can let go. The fact he still had his damn mustache on, <laughs> and still <laughs> with wore the, the white makeup, paint. Yeah. I know, but I can let that go because he. I think he pulled off. At least at the time, what the Joker was supposed to embody—that crazy, yeah. always laughing at something. Well, if it fit into camp, yeah, exactly. I mean, you yeah. weren't going to see the Joker actually kill someone. No, but but even after Neil Adams came on, he made the Joker and Batman a little bit darker and grittier. Yeah, I think I still think that as darker as it got, the Joker still embodied the Romero Joker. It wasn't until I think, and I, and I liked Nicholson's, but I think it wasn't until Hamill pulled off the Joker in the Batman animated series that you saw what the Joker was totally supposed to be okay now now uh, we have a guest on today and i want to pitch a couple of questions to him uh, this is ej this is my little brother 
He uh, he's only I think been exposed to a lot of comics through me and through the films. Um, but what do you do? What dad? He gave me a lot of comics. When he I was did. A kid. So what's been your exposure to the Joker? What do you know? What is your Joker? What is the best version of the Joker you've seen, and what do you like? I mean, when I've watched one of the Batman movies, I really thought Heath Ledger was a good Joker because yeah. he put like a really like, dark, terrifying vibe into like character. But to like other Jokers, he was just like a playful guy who just met Batman just found him annoying and kind of sinister. Yeah. But Heath Ledger's Joker was like actually like crazy and really, really scary. EJ, get a little more up on that mic if you would, please. Oh, nice. So, this is better. Yes. All right. Um, so you've have you ever seen the Batman TV show with Adam West and the Cesar Romero uh, Batman? Kind of a campy, uh, silly version. Have the you ever seen that? one? No, no, not the animated. There was the a live 60s action. Animated. Adam West the Sixties show. Yeah. Oh, the one where he was running around with the giant bomb. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've seen clips of that. Okay, so you, <laughs> so wow. you, you know, you know, <laughs> Batman sixty six through memes. Yes. Okay. Wait, wait. How old are you? I'm like four. Oh, I'm, I'm fourteen. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Not even saying you've never seen. I'm any, like any twelve. I, I only, only, it's like fourteen. <laughs> I only ask this because they re-aired that show so many times, whether it be on YouTube or TV. And you've never seen an actual episode of the '66 Batman. I've never seen the episode, but I've seen a wow. lot of funny okay. videos on it. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm just that, that, yeah, that's a rarity, and and, and and that's kind of why I had EJ on. I want to get the perspective of a kid who's well. It's it, not and, it's not rare for them. It's rare for us because yeah. we grew up with the stuff. But no, we, but we, <laughs> could, we couldn't get away from the reruns. But no, no. But I'm saying, but that's one of those that's one of those pop culture things. Like it's like if you don't know who if somebody said I don't know who Pee Wee Herman is, I'd be really surprised. So not having ever seen like just an episode of Batman '66, that's why I'm a little surprised. Yes, you'd be surprised because that's <laughs> You're fandom, man. Yeah, you, you watch you watch probably more TV than I do. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that they don't have uh, EJ. Not not to be offensive, but you don't have the reruns that we did. Everything you you're getting introduced to is through internet memes. True. Yeah, true. He, he gets he gets a lot of new stuff. He has more channels than we've ever had. That's true. And he's That's got true. M- more versions of Batman. than Two hundred and twelve channels and still nothing on except Batman sixty six and that reruns of Mash. <laughs> it's just like kids these days. We just use a lot of YouTube to watch videos. That's, that's my point. Exactly. YouTube <laughs> we don't itself. watch TV a lot. I'm rewatching episodes of He-Man and Justice League, uh, the animated series on YouTube. It's like I don't need Netflix or have the time, you know, any of these other streaming services. I mean, if, if we're go- if we're if we're to watch TV, it's either to watch, either like, for any of the people who like Dragon Ball Z, that's what I watch. Okay. I watch it at like at night. But are you watching Super? Yes, I'm Thank watching. God. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I have a Kindred Spirit so here. That's awesome. <laughs> Just want to make sure he's watching the right shows. And then, I mean, like, if, if I'm to watch TV, I'm usually going to watch, like, uh, Dragon Ball Super, Attack on Titan, there but they go. didn't, they, they, they stopped that for some reason. I thought they were doing the new season now. Oh, they, they started Japan, the they're doing the new season. Yeah, yeah but okay. they didn't air it in here. Okay, okay. Yeah, Cal's knee-deep in Japan's news, so. <laughs> I know anime, too. <laughs> okay, so which iteration of Dragon Ball are you watching? Um, what, what do you mean by Generation. Iteration, uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Kai, Z, Dragon Ball Kai. Dragon I watched Dragon Ball. Super Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball. Kai is Z, just reformatted down into his lesser episodes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Dragon Ball Z, the final chapters, I've watched that a little bit when, like, his he got another son. Mm-hmm. And when Gohan, like, grew up a little bit. Yeah, Goten. Yeah, yeah, yeah Goten. And then... Um, I know the stuff. <laughs> I love kids. I love so, he's correcting the kid on the cartoon. <laughs> so have you ever seen the original Dragon Ball? 
so when awesome. Goku was a kid? Yes. Yeah. No. Dude, you're missing out. I kind of want to because because I heard that like he was like he had a tail. Oh yeah. I, I knew he had a tail. Well, he's a Saiyan. That's the whole thing. Is the Saiyans have the ta- they're aliens who can change into giant apes when they look at like a full moon. Yes. Yes. But I never seen like an episode where either Gohan, Goku, or like any of the, of the Saiyans turn into a. I've heard that Vegeta turned into a into an ape. Yeah. But I've never like seen it. Here's a little bit of trivia episode. for you. The original Dragon Ball is based on the Chinese uh, War of the Monkey King, whereas Dragon Ball Z is actually based on Superman. Because Goku, oh, really? they, Goku, they thought he was the last Saiyan and the last Kryptonian. And then you think about it with Superman, Kryptonians kept popping out of the woodwork. You know, uh, Zod, Battle, Balls, uh, Kandor, then Vegeta and all them show up. So, yeah, was, no, uh, Toriyama actually said he based Dragon Ball Z more on the war of Superman than the Monkey King. Nice segue, sir. Yeah. They did a... Um, if you guys watch a death battle, they did a death battle on Superman, Superman versus and Goku. Goku. Yeah, I saw it, and Superman it was... still wins both times. They did two of them. That made no <laughs> sense, though. Well, it kind of <laughs> did make sense, but Goku, he can turn into an ape. Well, no, he can't. He's not the tail anymore. Oh, he lost his tail. Oh, he lost. Yeah. So you still have a lot of catching up to do. This, Spoiler this happened, alert. This happened. <laughs> <laughs> I probably might not watch it. I probably watch it on YouTube. <laughs> He doesn't have the tail. He's out. That's, that's just it. See, I'm so fascinated that, that YouTube is like TV because you can really just pick what you want all the time. And I guess I just don't think about that all the time. Like like when uh, Walter Becker died, I went looking for some uh, documentaries on Steely Dan. And, man, there's like just hardly anything. I mean, there's there's a couple interviews in a real bad VH1 thing. But just finding stuff, old stuff for us old people, it's not fun. Uh, okay, so I want to pull it back to the Joker and 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 get Kyle. Okay, so he, he's familiar with the Heath Ledger. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Joker? It's again, it comes right back down to the whole stuff. I mean, it's not live action, but Hamill. Yeah, Hamill's yeah. the Joker. I mean, I, I'm always that's always going to be my Batman. And this is okay. This is going to be a stickler just for me. But that was one thing. I there was an episode of The Big Bang Theory where they were bringing Adam West over to uh, Sheldon's birthday party. Yeah. And they brought every Batman. They even brought the Lego Batman. They didn't mention the animated series. I'm like, how do you mention Lego and not mention animated series? Screw you guys. Uh, just <laughs> the big screen, man, the big screen. He's been on the big screen. Mask of Phantasm. Oh, that's right. No, don't give me this. No. Uh, okay, I know. <laughs> I'm old and I forget. Um, okay, so, so what do you think about a standalone uh, non-DCCU Joker story with these people involved? I'm okay with it. Okay. Again, like we've had the talk, is they're doing that standalone Doctor Doom film. And I think if you're not going to add in all the superhero lineage, you're just dealing with the character of the Joker becoming that character, I think you do really well. But you're not having, like I said, with Doom, you're not going to be dealing with the FF and them, you know, we've had three films and they've all been crap. I mean, yeah. the two first ones were better than the last one, but still, it's just they've all been crappy films. And still love the Corman one. No, no, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And that was probably the most true form of Doom they've made. But, you know, it, it, he needs to be this guy, he's this ruler. Of this European country, you know, he thinks he's really smart. He, you know, his face gets disfigured. It's all this lineage. I think that if you build up that character, especially with the Joker, we don't really know who the Joker is. You know, in, yeah. in, in comic book lore, you know, they said he's Jack Napier here. They've said he's this here. We don't actually know who, what the actual origin for the Joker is. So I think seeing that would be kind of cool. Um, have you read the Brian Azzarello standalone Joker book? No, I haven't. Okay, um, I'm gonna say that is worth reading. Um, I hope it's the source material. It's really a uh, crime story from the perspective of the criminal. Um, we've all enjoyed the the Sopranos. Can we do it in that format? Can we do it in a movie? Can we 
have a supervillain who is just a criminal, and it doesn't have to be tied into anything, and and that's what I love. I think by seeing all these different versions of the Joker that we've all grown up with, uh, except for EJ, uh, <laughs> that we've all seen, we we kind of we like to compare and contrast, and 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 we like the different aspects. I don't think having a standalone film like this is going to hurt anything. No. I think what it does hurt is it hurts um, places like Marvel. Marvel, uh, by not having standalone stuff, can't tell some of their best stories. Uh, if you look at what they're doing, all Marvel seems to do, well, all, all the X-Men, all the uh, 20th Century Fox seems to do is like, uh, well, what's in the books that we can use, and let's just take everything. And they do, and you can see great standalone. I mean, you don't need so much history to enjoy Logan. You know Logan for what it is. Well, and they've even announced Logan was sort of tied, but wasn't tied to the X universe. It was like his own separate thing, and that's why I think it works out so well about it is because you didn't have like this. It wasn't. It was a comic book film, but it wasn't a superhero film, right? And that's what I think really because it's 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 Wolverine on his last leg. You know, it's like what should have been keeping him alive is now killing him, and. And I hope Marvel discovers that they can do stuff like that. They can have standalone stuff. Um, I, I, I was trying to think of some of the stories by having so much continuity in Marvel films that what we lose. Um, you know, because like with Logan, Old Man Logan's still a great book um, because there's no continuity or tied to the Marvel films. Uh, they didn't want to do that, but that makes that now they're tied to the 616 universe because he's there. Yeah. Any, anyhow, before we get too deep in, in that, I, I one of the books that I have always loved has been um, Matt Fraction, David Aha's Hawkeye. And I would love to see a Netflix series with that. Um, so here's your problem with continuity. Uh, Hawkeye is married with kids in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We could never mm-hmm. see this. If, we, if, if they pitched me an Edgar Wright Hawkeye series, Ooh. hold on. <laughs> Okay. No, 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 no. I, I'm You're on board. In. You're I'm on board. In. That could be fun. Um, I Simon Pegg as Hawkeye. You had. Oh. <laughs> I have two people. I have two people as Hawkeye. Unless you guys have uh, no, go for it. better picks. I'm going Joe McHale. A lot of people hate on Joe McHale, but I think Joe McHale has the look and the age. And I'm a huge fan of Community, and I would love to see uh, young Hawkeye played by Allison Brie. Hold on, I'm 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 not getting a positive reaction. No, you're getting a positive. I'm just like I don't think my mind can wrap around the concept of that because I I'd be like again. No. Here's my wallet. No, <laughs> no I'm in. I, I can't get around. Uh, Sabri, I can't. No, if, I, if it, I, I I just can't. If it's Edgar Wright, I could. Okay. Because I think he's the guy who. who huh. Who? Well, that's my second pitch. Eh. My second pitch is uh, Bradley Cooper as Hawkeye. And um, Aubrey Plaza as Kate. I don't know. I I I, I, I don't know. Brett. Well, no, Bradley Cooper. Uh, no. I think Bradley Cooper pulls off um, dramatic. He pulls off funny. I mean, he's got more of the personality of if you're going by a comic book Hawkeye than Joe McHale. I think Joe McHale could play a fun Hawkeye done by Edgar Wright, but I almost think. I, I think Edgar Wright makes him better. Yeah. But we also, everyone wants to, you know, kind of pigeonhole him as like a host. But you need to look at some well, of the okay. small roles he's done. Don't. And oh, wait, are we talking about Edgar Wright or Joe McHale? I'm, I'm sorry, Joe McHale. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Edgar Wright, I believe in him. Uh, after Baby Driver, one of my top five. No, one that's one of my fine. top five. I, I think he's a great. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I get it. We, I, I love Ant-Man, but I still would have loved to have seen what Edgar Wright was going to bring to the table oh, with Ant-Man. That makes me sad. I know. Like, I, I'm, I still love Ant-Man. I rewatch it a lot. There were. Back when they were first announced, I want to say Marvel Wave 3, there were two movies that I was really excited about because the directors were going to be the no-namers. Only only people who knew like the the underground kind of stuff. 
And that was James Gunn for doing Guardians. Yeah. And Edgar Wright doing Ant-Man. Yeah. And then when James Gunn came out, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then Edgar Wright ended up leaving Ant-Man. I was like really worried about it because they said the director, it's going to be the director of what, Hot Tub Time Machine? <laughs> And I and but, no, don't get me wrong. Yeah. The movie was actually really good. So yeah, you know, I mean, it's yeah. great. Yeah, but I, it's one of the things I would have liked to have seen what he was. You know, if they what they've done it with Kevin Smith. You know, he's supposed to like done a couple different movies, but they ne- they fell through. But he ends up giving the script to comic book format. Yeah, if he still has the script, I'd like to see what that script would have been like, maybe in comic book format. Yeah, I do. I, I do love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so one other thing that's been going on is the Inhumans. Um, and we're going to talk about it on this show. We're going to talk about it on just a sec. Um, but I pulled up a timeline of the history of this because the Marvel Inhumans uh, was a deal with IMAX. IMAX uh, premiered the first two episodes in theaters, made quite a bit of money, made a couple million. Of course. So they made money off a TV show, so I feel like that's a win. But the pictures I saw from theaters were empty. I on Rotten Tomatoes it has a zero percent. I think I read it because I was trying to do because I wanted to go. Time just didn't allow. But when I started looking stuff up, I think I saw a tweet from somebody who goes, "Yeah, I was one of forty people in the theater." Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just like, "Damn, <laughs> that's so sad." I mean, Inhumans for me as a book has not been anything I like. I've been the, interested in. I like the concept, but it's never been like I liked some of the characters here on, but again, they've never, in my opinion, had a very strong creative team. That yeah. nothing, not, and don't get me wrong, I know this is one of your favorite books, but again, for me... Oh, no, 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 I've never no, been no, no, a fan. No. I'm going to relate to another character that's oh, always been okay. kind of like that, Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. I love the character Moon Knight, but every time there's a comic book series, it just the creative team never grabs me. Yeah. not saying that's not a good creative team, because I know you love Moon Knight. Okay, so let, let, me, let me throw this back to EJ. EJ, if you've got a television series in a theater... I mean, you're going to go see a television show. Are, are you prone to go see it? Like a TV show in the movies? Yeah. No. Because I could watch the same show on TV. But what if you have to wait six weeks for it to actually air on TV, but you can watch the first episode right there that day? I mean, there are always people who... Actually, uh, I would go. Uh, why? Because if it's a show that I really want to see, and it starts in six weeks, but I can just pay like 15 twenty dollars to go see that show in the movies, then I would go. But I would try to see if there's any other way I can see the ep- if I can see the show without going to the movies first. <laughs> <laughs> because if I find out that there's another way to see the show without going to the movies and paying twenty or fifteen dollars, then I can just I can just do no, that. I, I get it. I get it. For, see, I'm. And I know there are still people younger than me who still enjoy it, but there, there's the old mentality of me that I love to see films still on the big screen. Don't get me wrong, I, I know there's the whole thing of using like on-demand stuff like that, but I still like watching certain films on that big screen. What, what TV shows have y'all seen in the theater? Have y'all gone to a theater yeah. for any special screening? The I, one time I, I wanted to go was going to be The Best of Both Worlds with Star Trek Next Generation. It was the Borg and Will Cutis episode, but never got around to doing it. Other than uh, that, I've never seen any of the TV shows on the big screen. I went to go see Walking Dead Season 2 uh, Closeout. Oh, okay. And seeing the whole thing play out. Oh, with that would have been cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, uh, seeing, it, seeing it in the theater when, when Walking Dead was at its peak popularity... Seeing it with a room full of two full rooms of uh, uh, you know fans dressed up as zombies, cosplay, uh, comic book shops actually in uh, into doing what it is that they were doing, just basically getting behind it and actually really getting behind the show was amazing and a great experience to see 
in a theater at the time. So atmosphere was like made it made the experience ten times better. Absolutely, I'm okay. sure there were more than forty people in the theater. <laughs> oh God! They're, 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 I want to see. We, th- it was at Mockingbird Station, uh, Angelica, Angelica, and there were two full theaters uh, for the show. Not a lot of Black Bolt oh, yeah. cosplay, so yeah, Shelby's right. They also did a lot of the Doctor Who episodes that way too. I've seen Doctor Who. Um, I went with Devin and saw that, and that was pretty. Uh, that that was. Because he's his. I kind of wish I'd done that. Yeah, his love of Doctor Who. When you go see something with like a true fan, it's such a special experience. I, I've I've been that person. I've been I've been around people that's been for them, and it's just, and they're just kind of like I saw Kyle's face, and you're like the, the I've had like you guys have said the same thing. Like the the, the facial rem, uh, features I make while watching certain things, you're just yeah. like they were taking pictures of me. Like hold on, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Kyle turns into a ten year old with a beard. Um. <laughs> The, the the things I've seen, you I mean, he isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I saw the last episode of Lost, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, I saw Doctor Who. Um, one other thing that was in the IMAX story was that they had they had filmed some. God, I'm having such a slow day because it's early. Um, Game of Thrones in the theater they aired and made about as much money as. Having like, a brain meltdown. Like they made on television? Or? That, no, that they made um, compared to... or. Hold on. <laughs> Let me walk away for a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what the Inhumans made was a little less than what Game of Thrones made by airing a show on an IMAX screen. So, oh. is, so they didn't really do that bad, I guess. Didn't I mean, do that bad. If they're comparing to Game of Thrones. But it was also a rerun. It was something that had already been aired, so anyone who was going to see it, it was no big deal. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the comics, but I will tell you right now that the team that is doing an Inhumans book, I'm very interested in. I bought the first issue. I haven't read it, but uh, we've got Phil Noto and Christopher Priest doing Inhumans Once and Future King. Now, if you don't know who Phil Noto is, uh, Google that and look at some of those images. He is an amazing artist. Uh, I love his work. Seeing him do Inhumans makes me want to buy it. Seeing Christopher name a uh, Christopher Priest's name on it makes me want to read it. What's his name? Christopher Priest. The, no, like Phil what? Phil Noto. N O T O. I actually have someone googling. I didn't think when I said things into a microphone, people did them, but it works. Oh, it works a lot. <laughs> so he's That's not my job. Thanks. No, this guy's art's not that bad. Yeah, very realistic. Oh yeah, I mean, I love his work. I don't know if I'm gonna read a. A human's book like this, but yeah, and it may be one I have to just wait on. Uh, I bought the first book. I got a um, variant cover. Yes, Marvel does work. You made me buy a book. <laughs> okay, no, I've got a complaint against Marvel, but I'll come back to that a little bit later. Okay. All right, we're we're reaching the halfway mark. Here, he drew so. Batgirl. Yeah, he's drawn a lot of Batgirl, ah, a lot of DC. I mean, his, a current Batgirl. I may have actually seen some of those issues. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like okay. I say, check out Phil Noto, unbelievable art. Christopher Priest, who wrote the definitive uh, Black Panther for me. Um, uh, they're both doing Inhumans right now, so it's worth checking out. Um, you know, one other thing I want to point as maybe the downfall of what the Inhumans are is the time frame that they did everything in. Because they oh. they just kind of crammed everything in well, at the last minute. Given the fact that originally the Inhumans was supposed to be a movie in Phase Three, wasn't it? Well, it was announced in late uh, 2014 and mm-hmm. had a target release date of July 12th, 2019. Um, then, within uh, and so th- so that was announced in late 2014. By uh, April of 2016, they didn't have a release date anymore, so that was gone. 
So it was just kind of in limbo. Uh, a few months later, November 2016, uh, they announced a TV show. And then this past week, they uh, you know, premiered the uh, Inhumans in the I, IMAX theater. I have a theory about this, and I wonder, I don't, but you know, there's that whole thing that, you know, even though most of Marvel television is still set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel television and the Marvel films don't really talk to each other. Right. They I just w- reference, like, well, the no, incident. But the fact that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. threw the Inhumans into their season three, I wonder if that maybe threw a wrench into Marvel Films' plans where they had to go, okay, we got to change something up here. Well, you know what I think about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not a very good show. See, I, that, that's where we're going to we have to debate. I actually still like the show. I thought t- last season was phenomenal. They had people who became Inhumans that were great actors that they've lost. Ruth uh, Negas uh, over at uh, Preacher Now doing an unbelievable job. Season two of Preacher, if you're not watching, catch up. It is not to fantastic. mention. I, I, I got to call you out on this oh. because you you were so opposed to uh, Ruth oh. as. I was. Uh, oh, at, my mic's gone. Hello. You're still coming through. We're still coming through, but test, test, okay. Test. It, it, it sounds dead. Okay. I'm not hearing myself. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Keep talking. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit it. That first season, I didn't like her accent. I didn't like Jesse's accent. I didn't like the way the story was being told. I really hated Preacher One, and I was willing to just bail and not give it a chance. But man, Hair Star has really brought us back to the story and given us some great season two stuff. It's really been great, and and you're right, Ruth Nega has been amazing as Tulip. You've got to get, you've got to give her that. So then that makes me think, why did they not figure out on Agents of Shield what to do with her? So they just turn her into this creature with makeup on. And well, yeah, but I don't think she was ever meant to be like the long casting kind of character. I mean, she was in there for almost like a season it, and a half. If you have a great actor, don't you want to keep him on? It depends if that's where the story goes. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, look at look at Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec. He was signed up for four uh, or for six episodes well, in season one, the and they were thing, like, "He's great." Well, no, the same thing could be said Felicity on Arrow. She oh. was originally, you know. But my thing is like, look at Josh. Oh, wait a minute, hold on. Let's go back to Felicity for a second because we may have words. So, so well, 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 now wait. You have you have to think that these guys get other. You have to think that these guys get other opportunities because I mean, yeah. you have to take oh, a look. Yeah. Uh, Shaniqua Martin Green. Who went from Walking Dead and a huge role in Walking Dead to being captain on Star Trek Discovery? I would you say huge role though? Totally. Um, what was her story arc? She she came in uh, she came in as one of the refugees as uh, Tyrese's brother, and then she became she became a very emotional center of the show because again with with with, the sh- with Walking Dead you have an emotional center that it always goes to always goes to always goes to, and then. Uh, and when we got to uh, basically her breaking down and having issues with uh, the men in her life, her losing Abraham, oh, yeah. and basically just giving up her entire life, you she forget- was the emotional core of the show for you, a good long time. You forgot about Bob. What about Bob? Uh, she forgot about... <laughs> but I mean, but, uh, that's why <laughs> I said was, the men in her life. Bob, Abraham, yeah, Tyrese, just, yeah, uh, yeah. All, all, She became the emotional core of the show. You know, when, once, we lo- once we lost Glenn... Once we lost, you know, so once we lost, you know, Dale and things like that, there's always a rotating emotional core. She became that, and in her last season before she went off to go to Star Trek, that was it, man. Okay. She had a huge right. story arc. I, I, to, I, I see that. I see that. Because before I was kind of like, yeah, she, she's a character on the show, but she doesn't have really any story. She just suffers. Like, that's, that's what I seem to see her role as is well, you're just going to be sad, you're going to lose, you're going to lose these know. people, and you're going to be alone. I'm going to try this back. The emotional core always suffers. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this right back around. Who started Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Whedon. 
if you're going to talk about any series where you, you can have a main actor and you can love him, they don't no, last a season and a half. It's Josh Whedon stuff. No, no, no. Josh Whedon didn't start Agents of Shield. No, but he directed the first episode. Because he he was very bothered by bringing Phil back. Because he basically, by bringing Phil back, undoes what okay. he did in the Avengers. Right. But my point, though, is like, you know, in, uh, I'm going to go right back to, back in 97, Buffy. One of my favorite characters was Oz. Seth Green's character. I oh, love yeah, that character. I love Oz. And they write him out, and, and ha- like uh, uh, a third of the way through season four, it's like, what was the freaking point? You know, and then you realize Whedon doesn't give a, doesn't give a care who you like on that show. He's going to take him out no matter what. And oh, it's yeah. Like, so I'm, it's, you know, it's again, it's like, why if you have a character that's like, you know, an awesome character, aren't you going to keep him in for longer? It's like, that's TV. Yeah. R.I.P. Tara. I miss Tara from Buffy. My point. It's like, you know, yeah. Still, still mourning characters 20 years later. I know, later. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do in fandom. Um, okay, so I want to I want to have an experiment here. I want to play the last Inhumans trailer. We're going to be able to do that, Zach, or can I pull it up on my iPad? Give me a second. All right, I want to play this trailer for the YouTube generation over here in the corner, and see if he watches that and if that is something that he would be interested Ooh, hold in. Hold on, hold on. You've never seen the trailer yet, have you? No. Okay. Do you know who the Inhumans are? I've you, heard of them. But I don't know. Okay, right. this is then this is a perfect situation because this is the target audience they want. You know, we want to have a show that kids love. They'll go out and pick up our books. I assume that that's what Marvel's plan is, but based on the way their books are, uh-huh. not so much. And I think that's my problem with it. Just, even the trailer, it's like I thought they would make the characters look more like the characters. I, you know, I'd, I, if you give me a good story, I don't care. I do to an extent. But that, that, if you're going to have certain characters in, a, a, whether it's a film or a TV series, you've got to keep some kind of semblance. And All I right. Like Go ahead and bring EJ over my way just because I'll have to watch okay. it on my screen. All right. So uh, we're going to air the, I think this, is it the link that I gave you? It was the very it, last yeah, it's, one. Yeah, it's a one-minute one trailer for uh, War, War for Their World. So. Yeah, and in what I like about this one, um, Lockjaw. That's pretty much the only thing I like about right. Inhumans. I'm going to go ahead and I'll leave your mics <laughs> up, but yeah, here you go. Okay, here we go. I would like Triton to look a little more like how he does in the comics. Yeah. All right, so that is the latest trailer of uh, the Inhumans, and let's get EJ coming around to the mic because I want to. I want to see. So, based on this commercial, this trailer, this footage, you know it's a Marvel thing. What do you think when you watch it? Is it something you'd want to watch? What interests you, and what doesn't? Okay. And his his mic doesn't sound yeah. on. Okay. okay, all right. I would Go. watch it, but 
Okay. <laughs> More lockjaw Marvel. More lockjaw. Not picking up uh, EJ. Oh, okay. Um, e e EJ. Boom. Yeah, there you are. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I would watch it because I'm really intrigued with, like, the guy and the dog. Okay. And the um, most of the characters seem, like, really cool. Like, yeah. the lady with the hair, she looks really... Okay, so Medusa, you kind of dig that. So here, yeah. here's where I think it's going to go. If you're if you've been a huge Inhumans fan in the comic books, you're probably gonna ha be fighting to try to get their love to watch the series. If you're if you're somebody who doesn't know who the characters are, you probably got them right off the bat. Yeah, because that's where I think, like you just said, because you don't know who they are. Yeah, and that's where I think people are gonna be like, oh, it's Marvel. Oh, I love all the films. I love all the stuff. So now let me go see who these new characters are, and they're probably gonna come in with a fresh mind. Whereas us, we know for the last 40-something years of who these characters have been, what they've done, all the cartoons they made appearances in. It's like, well, that's not even how they should be. So it's, we're going to have more, I think, the fanboys. And I'm, I'm right up there guilty with that. It's like we're probably going to have more of a higher uh, level that we're going to hold what the TV series should probably be at. Yeah. I, I, I'm just not... For me, Black Bolt is the big character. And for what Black Bolt does, so so he's he's a main character in the story. What kind of feel did you get for him, AJ? He's the guy dressed all in black with the dog. Isn't isn't wait th that's Black Bolt? That's yeah. Black Bolt. Okay, isn't he the one who screams? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you know a little bit. You know okay. that Black Bolt, his voice can level a city. Yeah, because of Worldbreaker Hulk. I've read it. I've, I've heard a bit of that. Okay. All right. So we got we got some exposure oh, to. You make me to proud. You make me proud. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, don't you want to see him level a city? Something. I, yes. I, I almost <laughs> feel like in the pilot that he should level a city so that we go. Okay. We we've, we've gotten that out of the way. Let's go. Let's let's it's have like, some story. It's like the main thing I'm looking for. Like a really powerful superhero is to like prove that he is, like, extremely powerful. Like, if anybody's seen the original Incredible Hulk, where, like... You're talking about Eric Bana Incredible Hulk? Yes. Uh, well, no, wait. Uh, Bill Bixby? I just it's wanted to it, see the confusion. If he's seen Bill Bixby, I'm going to be oppressed. <laughs> it's, when, it's the one where he was taken on the Abomination. That's, okay, okay. no, that, that's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Okay. He was destroying everything, and yeah. I'm just like, well... Well, that's what he is. He's a force of nature. Yes, but, like, I thought that Hulk was just this super strong guy who can just, like, beat anybody up. But he he, 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 he surprised me when I was watching. Because I, like, watched him when I was, like, really little. Like, I think when I was, like, eight or seven. And I saw him turn cars into punching bags. So I'm just like, whoa! He's really powerful. <laughs> if he reads a any lineage of the Hulk, he needs to read Peter David. Where Banner yeah. takes on, where he gets the, it's all both Hulks and Banner all combined. I think he'd have some fun with that. Oh, series. that story. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say there's so many, so much great Peter David. When he becomes Hulk. the smart Green Hulk. Uh, okay, yeah, and he can talk. Yeah, yeah. and then great. I also seen the shows of um, the where they had the Hulk, the Red Hulk, She Hulk. It was Adam's like, Agents, Smash. Agents Smash, which I yes. I loved, but everybody else gives me shit about it. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I admit Sorry. it was good. I yeah. see, thank you, and, and plus the art was a little bit based on Ed McGinnis. Oh, I yeah. love his art. Oh, so that, that, love I mean, that, yeah, I love that series. Because, a bomb, Red, uh, Red Hulk, Red Hulk, She Hulk, the and then specialist. and then Scar. Scar, I really didn't like Scar. Like oh, my, really? my favorite character was um. Well, you know who Scar is supposed to be, right? Not really. That's, He's a Hulk son. That's pr 
He's supposed to be. They didn't make him the son yeah. in the TV, but he's actually in the comic books. He's actually the Hulk's son. Yeah. Oh. Look at the hamster wheel yeah. turning. <laughs> he's going. Wait a minute. How does that work in continuity? <laughs> didn't know that. But like, I think my favorite character was Abom because like, oh yeah, his personality was just like. I'm not gonna lie. I liked Abom in the comic books too. So yeah, he was really good. So so if uh, Inhumans premieres, are you gonna watch it? In the movie theaters, right? No, no, it's, no, it's no. already done that. It's already done that. It's going to be on TV now. Oh. The 29th, I think. Yes. Yeah, okay, so I you would, would watch, watch it. it. Uh, you, have you ever watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. Okay, I... well, it, it's taken, it's going to be for eight episodes. It's going to take the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. time slot for this rest of this year, and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will start up in that time slot in 2018. So I have to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.? No, 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 no. no. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. won't be starting until January. Uh, in humans, is going to be taking the, what the time slot in, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would have had this year. Yeah, but year. hold on. EJ, do you watch TV live at all? Like live shows? Yeah. Do you like turn on TV and go, oh, well, it's 7 o'clock. I need to watch this. Mm-hmm. This comes on. I do don't. you watch everything on Hulu and Apple? Oh, no. Okay. Guilty. I just use YouTube. Okay. That's what I was, I was just curious to see if, yeah. that, if he had like a programming schedule. Well, I watch all my CW stuff off of uh, the CW site. Okay. I never watch the actual television. So. I mean, uh, YouTube, they have the, this uh, thing where you can turn on notifications for each channel and you can see like what, when they're doing. Like, for example, like I think an hour ago, one of uh, a, a YouTuber was doing a live stream, and like it can tell you if he's doing a live stream, and I can click it, and it like sets me straight into the stream, and like I can talk to everybody who's watching it. Yeah, chat rooms. But I don't really watch. I don't really watch them because like they usually do the same thing that they do every time. Yeah. Is there any anyone streaming live that's worth watching? That's entertaining. Is there anything one that you like? You get an alert and you go, oh, okay, I'll watch that. If you don't mind yelling, a lot of yelling. And a lot of funny, um, <laughs> funny gameplays. I I suggest you watch Dashy, because that one. he's he's really funny. Yeah. I mean, like if you don't mind yelling and stuff and like occasional cur- cursing, he's really funny because he he plays a lot of Super Mario Maker. I don't know why this sounds like a Dane Cook pitch. If you don't mind yelling or cursing, <laughs> it's okay. It's funny. Well, like he he really is funny, and he plays a lot of Mario Maker. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think he played Mario Kart 8 for a while. Oh, jeez. No, the, I, I've, I'm not, I've never streamed myself, but I've been with groups of friends where if you did film us in the way we cursed about like trying to, any version of Mario Kart from Super Nest up until now, it, it'd probably be worth some fun watching. But yeah, I, I get where you're going with this. And like, he did an Uncharted gameplay, and I really enjoyed that because yeah. the Uncharted series already is like really good. And I've heard that they're making a new one. I think it's called the... What was it called? You're pulling a clay, and it's dead air. So, <laughs> quick, if you, if, if you could only had an instrument to find that and search for what you were looking for. Oh no! Okay, this is so magical. <laughs> if only we had the internet at our hands. <laughs> All right, so when there were a magical box, we could ask for answers. <laughs> well, we're we're getting near the end of the show. We got like 13 minutes. I had one other thing. Have you seen Marvel Legacy? We, I have. we may need to run this trailer for both you and EJ. You got the link over there? It's it's called Give The Lost second. Legacy. Okay. Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Oh, okay. I don't think that he did that gameplay yet, but he did Uncharted A Thief's End. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. Well, so, like, if he, he doesn't live stream a lot, but he does live stream occasionally. Yeah. So, like, I watch some of his live streams when he does them, and they're really funny. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I mean, well, I, don't, I don't watch any of the live stream stuff, but there are, I mean... 
there are a lot of YouTube channels that I watched and I like it were television. You know, like yeah. he, he brought up Death Battle. I love Death Battle and that's some stuff. And there's another one called Bat in the Sun where they do live action. It debates on who would win in a fight. Casey Jones or uh, oh, what's the uh, comic book character's name? Um, the, the kid in the blue suit. Uh, kid in the blue suit. Crap. Had two movies. Bad, not badass. Uh, Kick-ass. Kick-ass, thank you. Oh. I thought it was a green suit. No, maybe it's, yeah. But, or, or they did ones where it was a Wolverine versus Wonder Woman. It's, they they did really a really, really good one with Batman versus Darth Vader. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was incredible. That was, yes, that was, that was yes. That w- those are, I love watching those. Isn't Casey Jones the one from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. Yes, sir. And if you're a wrestling fan, it was played ML. by John Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, all right. So I do have the trailer for Marvel Legacy here. Okay, let's uh, get... I want to get both of you yeah, to ta- okay. take a look at this um, because this is Marvel's... No, they, they. I don't know. Is it an event? Is it just a sales thing? I'm not sure. Um, but they're announcing the return uh, of a character because every other character in the Marvel universe is dead. I, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the bet that it won't be Uncle Ben. So, <laughs> all right, we'll, gonna, we will take everyone's guess after they watch this. All right, I'm going to leave the mic up for Kyle's uh, late for Kyle's reaction. So, okay, there you go. We're all comic book fans. We all grew up reading amazing stories. This is our chance to take some of the most important storylines and give them new life. Marvel Legacy spans the entirety of the Marvel Universe. At the dawn of time, and we oh, see, I did see the formation of the earliest group of super beings, Avengers of 1 million BC. Marvel Legacy is a sweeping, all-encompassing epic that set up and key off mysteries and secrets and surprises and storylines. It's your one must-buy comic. The seeds that we're planting into the Marvel Legacy one-shot are intended to grow and flourish all the way on into the future. There's stuff that happens here in this singular one-shot that people will still be talking about and referring back to years from now. Legacy era usher in the return. Favorite classic, but not at the expense of the new character. Legacy will show you over time. Question is what roads they during Legacy will tallying up all of whatever that number is is going to go on the front. Tipping a hat to the Legacy of each title. Decades of, of old stories, the countless stories of Marvel Legacy is our attempt to go back oh. to the roots, the bedrock <laughs> of the storytelling that is the Marvel Universe. Faces back if you haven't seen for a while, you'll see callbacks to classic tales from the past. It basically is a celebration of 50 plus years. I did this in this. Okay. You really paid for this? Marvel Legacy also features surprising, unexpected return of a icon that will make it an absolute must. Hey, okay, now it's not Uncle Ben. There's, no, there's <laughs> nothing special about Uncle Ben that makes me want to read Marvel. I was kidding. I know. And then Peter Parker just gives up and says, "Oh, well, I guess it really isn't big of a deal. He's back. 
So, so now we've seen this thing for the new Marvel pitch. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's an event. It's stories. It's they keep saying they're not going to be doing any events after Secret Empire, but now, BS, <laughs> BS. Marvel doesn't know not how to do an event. I know everything's so. Maybe it may be three months before they do one, but anyway, they're about to do a big one with X Men. They're about to do the first crossover between X Men Gold and Blue, which is you know the the. Oh, I mean, I mean, event book that spans every. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, like see, like the way Secret Empire did. Um, so, so, so initial thoughts, uh, what did you like, not like, and then what character do you think is returning? I like everything. That was a really good trailer. You like, like that? It would make you read. The pr- yes. Okay. Yes. It would make me read a lot. I mean, I like reading, but it would make me read I was going to say, do you read? Well, <laughs> we, on, on the way in, he, he was talking about, uh, seeing it, and I was talking about the book, and I said, you, you, you really need to read the book, because it's fantastic, and I said, if you're going to start with Stephen King, start with it and Pet Cemetery. Those should scare you well enough. So, Nat, so you would read some of the comics based on just what you saw? I would read the prehistoric Avengers because that looked really cool. That that's got my interest. I never knew that like they there wasn't up until now. Yeah. That's the thing. There wasn't. Oh. This is brand new. There, it's okay. So the one thing you got to know about comic books, and this is especially really bad with DC and Marvel, is they love the word retcon. They love to retcon the history of their their whole history of their company of where the characters came from. So. So basically, is they're now saying there's been a prehistoric Avengers that's going to be have started the timeline for what everything has come from. Before this, there was no prehistoric Avengers. This is Marvel doing a new sales pitch for the company, and we'll see what happens. So that's in the always know in the comic books. That's why we had you know in DC we had the New Fifty Two, and then we had Rebirth. Marvel had Secret Wars, and now had you know Secret Empire. I mean, everything's been a retcon, so they can change, they can kill a character, they can bring a character back, they can change the history. So it, it retconning, they love doing that. That's how they make new sales for their books. That was really cool, and especially seeing. Um, I like the way Black Panther had his outfit because it was like an actual panther. The skin, yeah, I got it right yes. here. Yeah, and then. Okay, so so we have the prehistoric Doctor Strange, Ghost Rider, Thor, Black Panther, Phoenix, Quasar, and Iron Fist. That Hulk right there. That might be the Hulk, but it, but the symbol. Oh, I'm sorry, not, that's not, yeah, the symbol he had. I don't think it's uh, it's not uh, Quasar. It's Starbrand. Yeah, oh. the star, that's the star brand. I'm sorry, that was the M. I did some research on this. Star free. brand, and, and I that, really like the way uh, Ghost Rider looks. Isn't that Ghost Rider? Yeah, yeah Ghost Rider, Wooly Man, with a fiery Wooly Man. That's just like, okay, this has kind of got my interest. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so so overall excited, and, and, it, yeah, and it did uh, did what it meant to do. And the great thing, one shot, not eight different issues, not eight different trade paperbacks, not fifteen thousand issues I got to collect. It's a one shot, so it's a one time story you can read and be like, okay, if they want to do more of this, I might be on board. If not. I spent my $3, and that's it. All right, all right. I just want to get everyone's kind of take on that, especially since you hadn't seen it, but I wanted to, a non-comics reader, if he saw this, would he want to read it? Oh, this could be cool. (laughs) So, okay, very cool. And it it, it looks like a little, like, like fear them, because, like, the Avengers today, they're, they're, like, meant to be, like, their protectors, like, just, like, protect the world. Mm -hmm. But those Avengers look like they're, like, ready to just... Kill. <laughs> they, they look like ready to kill because uh, the Phoenix. She was um, wasn't she in all of the X Men movies? Yes, the Phoenix is okay. So they again, I can explain this off air, and we can talk about it later. But yeah, the Phoenix has been done differently from the X films compared to what the Phoenix is in the comic book. And in there, it was basically Jean Grey unleashing her full mutant potential. In the comic books, it's a cosmic entity that takes over a human body. 
Yes, because I read yeah. that in a, when the Phoenix took over Cyclops. Exactly. Yeah. So you read X Men yeah. versus X, uh, Avengers. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. That was a good. That was a good series. Cool. All right. Well, then it's a lot more positive than I thought. I kind of thought. That. All right. Well, that's good. I, anytime Kurt Busiek's in there, really promoting, I, I dig that guy. That guy knows. I, I heard the rumor that he's the only guy known that has read every Marvel comic. I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, the guy's fantastic. Um, so all right, guys. We got to go ahead and wrap this up. So. All right. So I got. Um, one thing, yeah. if I can do it real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and plug. So uh, I want every and at the end of every episode, I'd like to uh, talk about a quick retro book, uh, something that you guys might be interested in. Um, the one I brought today, um, Young Justice, book one. This is the first trade paperback for the book. Any of you guys have ever watched the TV series on Cartoon Network, Young Justice? It's you know we're all the also Teen Titans, Teen Titans, yeah. Um, this is go cool, Teen it, Titans. It's the uh, <laughs> it's the sidekicks. Uh, originally, Superboy, Robin, and Impulse—they uh, were the guys who start off. You know, were basically the Teen Titans were the sidekicks. Originally, these are the next generation, and so uh, t- uh, the artist uh, Todd Nook is going to be at Dallas Comic Show, I think, next weekend. Yes. And also, we're awaiting season three of uh, Young Justice on the new streaming service for DC starting next year. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Todd's work. Yeah, uh, well, it's awesome work. I've got one. I've, I've got this really cool uh, framed uh, lock. Uh, Nightcrawler number one that's been cut out and made 3D through wood, and I'll bring it in next time and show y'all. Awesome. But I'm going to take it to the con, get him, yeah. get him to autograph um, that. With this one, I bring this up just because it's like you can pick up book one, not have to worry, but you got a good chunk in here. You have got the two parter World Without uh, uh, Grown Ups, and that's which, all Peter David, right? I think so. Yeah, and then you have like the first ten issues or so of the actual book. So you, I mean, it's thirty dollars, but I think it's a one time read. I, I, I give it two thumbs up. I give my approval that I think you guys will enjoy it. But again, it's one time you can read it if you don't like it. Kind of end it there. Yeah, I, I I think it's a great read. I remember reading it when it first came out. It's really funny. I think if you enjoyed the Teen Titans cartoon, we're done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, where can we find you on the internet, Kyle? At Kylepedia on Twitter and a lot of most uh, internet services. All right, I am at Clay Her- Clay underscore Harrison on Twitter, and you can find us at <laughs> Next Issue Pod on Facebook and uh, Next Issue on the Twitters. Thanks for coming in, EJ. Yep, no problem. All right, anything else, Kyle? That's it. All right. Excelsior. (laughs) (laughs) This is watchingyourlife.com. So much stuff I didn't get. (laughs) Yeah, the timing, that's why I wanted to have the timer to kind of things but like I, I, I we might want to cover it briefly because the next comic show is doing four comic screenings 30 days of nights with Steve Niles <laughs>